Melissa to come and share the word with us. Give her a big round of applause. Fantastic. Awesome. God's good, eh? So good to be in his house and his presence. Um, men, it's a great opportunity as well to um, invite someone along. It's great to connect and um, invite someone that maybe doesn't know God to come into uh, fellowship with other guys as well. Um, uh, Pastor Bucky and Chin, as you can see, they're not here this morning. They're on holidays. Um, I think they're in Albany. I'm not sure, but somewhere down south. And uh, as Jacob said, we had an incredible conference this week. And um, Pastor Bucky actually got ordained as a minister with the Australian Christian Churches. So we're really proud of her. Put your hands together, even though she's not here. She may be listening online. Uh, she may not be, but that's okay. I'll take that water if that's all right. Um, thank you so much. I'm just going to pray and um and get into it lord we just thank you for who you are father i'm just oh, i'm just 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 who you are father it just continues i continue to be in awe of who you are lord god and i just thank you for your presence right now i thank you for the things that you're doing in our lives lord um and i just pray that you'd have your way this morning lord god that you'd fill my mouth up with your words, Lord. And we thank you that your word does not return void, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just quickly, before I get into it as well, we have another conference this week called the World Prayer Assembly. Um, it's at the Convention Centre. Um, there's people from around the world coming to the... Um, and it's being held in Perth, which is pretty special. So these prayer assemblies get held around the world and so it's getting held in Perth. The night sessions are free. Um, I think there's a website behind me that you can go to to check it out. Um, but I would encourage you to get along. We'll be going to some sessions and I really encourage you uh, just to position yourself amongst what God's doing, not only in this body, but the greater body of Christ. Amen. The title of my message this morning is Humble Yourself. And um, I want to share with you uh, something silly, perhaps, not perhaps, it is actually pretty stupid that I did recently. Um, and so as many of you know, um, we moved house about three months ago. And so in all the commotion and all the stress of it all, I forgot or we forgot uh, to change our address. Really bad move, I know. So besides having to pay for the um, new owner's electricity for the past three months, uh, because we also forgot to disconnect our electricity at the house we sold, I thought it just happened automatically that when you connect it at the new house, it disconnects at the old house. But this is not the case, they tell me. Uh, so besides having to pay our new owner's their electricity for the past three months. On top of that, I receive a fine in the mail. And the fine in the mail, it's actually, I'm, come to think of it, I'm not sure how this fine found me because they don't have my address, but it's funny when they want to find you, they find you, right? And, uh, and so the fine was for not handing in my number plates. It's bad, I know. I'm being open and vulnerable with you here this morning. Uh, so it was for not handing in my number plates. And so it's the first I've heard of this. And so I do a little bit of research, uh, do some digging, and I found out that I haven't paid my car registration not aware of it, haven't paid for it. And so now they're expecting me to hand in my number plates um, and, um, and hence the fine that I received for not doing that. No idea about it because why? I haven't changed my address from the old house to the new house. Very important to do, people. Uh, the last time we shifted into the house was 15 years ago, but anyway. So anyway, on top of that, now my car has to go over the pits. That's how far I haven't paid my registration for. And so um, 
That means basically that I need to take my car for an inspection to see if it's roadworthy so that I can drive it on the road. So last week I take my car over the pits, just expecting no problem, slam dunk, you know, it's, you know, that's all I have to do. It's turning out to be a very expensive mistake, I tell you, because all these things you're paying for along the way. And so anyway, I take my car over the pits and it doesn't pass. I know. Some of you are like sympathising, some of you like, serves you right. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Not happy at first, but I get it, it's an old car. They've pointed out some things, things like replace the rubbers in your windscreen wipers. Things like the lining of the interior of my roof, it's hilarious, it's been falling down and we've got all these pins. Jacob put up all these pins. When little kids get up in, in my car, they're like, oh, stars. <laughs> or they're like, what are they? The boys are a little bit embarrassed about it now that their friends get in the car. But it's just got these pins and so I've got to fix the interior. So just things like that. But nonetheless, I can't drive my car on the road. It doesn't matter what my reasons are, what my excuses are, what I did or didn't do, whether I agree with it or not, I can't drive my car on the roads of WA. It's the law. It just is. I have to obey what the law says, basically, and do what is required to get my car back on the road. My excuses mean nothing. I can kick scream and fight, give all my excuses but at the end of the day I can do that or I can take ownership of my mistake whether intentional or not and just submit to the law because it's the law right, it just is, there's nothing I can do about it, it is what it is, what do they say, suck it up, princess, that's what Jacob says to Tiffany, <laughs> suck it up, Princess, and you know we're all called to abide by the laws of the land unless of course it's telling us to sin, you know, and, and that's a separate, you know, I'm not going into that this morning. If it's telling us to go against God's word, I'm not speaking about that. But in Romans chapter 13 verse 1 to 2, it says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. That's what the Bible says. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Interesting, powerful piece of scripture. And I expect if we have lived long enough and have experienced, we have experienced a time where we've just had to do what the law says, whether we agree with it or not. We just have to. Whether we think we're exempt or not. You know, when we're young, our parents are our authority. And when you're young, youth, you just do what your parents say because they said so. Yes, I'm looking at the youth, particularly my kids. <laughs> because they said so. It just is. We can either co cooperate or, or don't. But that is the law, the laws of the land. And do you know what? It's the same in God's kingdom. There are principles to obey and certain, there are certain ways things operate in God's kingdom that just is. It just is the way it is. Whether we agree with them or not, whether we cooperate with it or not, God is God. And he decides how the, his universe, it's his universe, he decides how it operates. He, he decides how his kingdom works. He decides how he does things. 
Isaiah 55, 8 to 9, someone uh, read, read this out in our, or spoke it out in our prayer meeting this morning. Uh, it says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know, if we go back to Genesis in the beginning, we can see how God put the universe together. He, he put natural laws in place. You've got gravity, you've got day and night, you've got uh, the separation between the oceans and the land. He did that. He did that. You've got sowing and reaping in the natural sense, whereas you, if you plant a seed, then fruits and plants and trees grow. These are natural laws that just is. You can't mess with gravity, right? It just is. And then we have spiritual laws or principles, things that God has put in our life or has put together so that we can live the very best life in him. Things like forgiveness, things like sowing and reaping, unity, faith, boundaries within marriage and sexuality, uh, the Sabbath, tithing, uh, and the list goes on. Biblical laws and principles that we can't just change to suit us as much as we would like to sometimes. They are what they are. The Bible says that Jesus didn't come to abolish the law, he came to fulfill it. What does that mean? It means that he came to show us that we can't do things God's way in our own strength. It means that we need his grace to walk in his ways. We need his love, his mercy, his kindness. But his ways we must still walk in. He gave us the law to show us that we need him. Romans chapter 5 verse 20 to 21 says this, God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We can't do it in our own strength, but his word still stands. His way still stands. These biblical principles still stand, again, in his grace, his love, his mercy, his kindness. And, you know, as much as we try to get around these principles at times where we think they don't apply to us, like me and my car... Uh, with the natural laws, where we don't, whether we agree with them or not, or whether we've justified them in our own minds. You know, sometimes you justify it, you justify it within your own mind why we shouldn't walk in God's principles, God's ways, God's laws. We only bring pain and suffering and frustration to our lives where we're living so far below where God has called us to. When he's called us to live, the best life that we can live in him, the abundant life. You know, sometimes pride says that we're above the law. <laughs> and I was being a bit prideful with this issue with the car. I was. I thought, it doesn't, uh, surely they can't mean it. <laughs> it was a mistake. I said sorry. But I had to submit in the end. There was no two ways about it. I had to humble myself and do what is required. I'm still in the process. I have to drive his old car. <laughs> That's still registered. <laughs> Praise God. But you know what? God calls us to do the same. But before we can submit to him, there needs to be 
a brokenness about us. And stick with me here. There needs to be a brokenness about us. James 4.6 says this, The Bible says God opposes or resists the proud, but he shows favour, he gives grace to the humble. There's different uh, translations with that. You know, when we're walking around full of pride, saying how we think should be, how we think things should be, things we don't agree with, what our plans are, blaming others, instead of looking at ourselves, then we have a problem. We have a problem. You know, at conference this week, one of the preachers said even Michael Jackson got it right when, with that song, Man in the Mirror. <laughs> a lot of the times we just need to look at the person that's looking back at us in the mirror. And we need to decide it's not God's fault. It never is his fault, is it? Ever. It's not your pastor's fault. It might be my fault sometimes. <laughs> Maybe it's not your pastor's fault. Maybe it's not your spouse's fault. Maybe it's not your boss's fault. But maybe it is that person that is looking back at you in the mirror. Maybe God is trying to do something in our lives. Maybe it's that. Maybe God is trying to get us to a place of brokenness to break down pride so that he can do what he has planned for your life. Maybe it's that. We have to take that into consideration. Sometimes it's so quick to blame and to point fingers. With this car issue, the only, where it all came back to after I'd finished my carry-on was me. That's it. It come back to me. I didn't do what I was meant to do and that was it. It come back to the person looking at me in the mirror, praise God. And you know none of us are above the law. None of us. None of us are above God's principles. None of us. None of us have a unique set of circumstances where his word and his ways don't apply to us. None of us. Not one single person. You know, I thought I had a unique set of circumstances, but I didn't. It's just the way it was. I've got to do what I've got to do. You know, I was exempt from um, religion in high school, would you believe? I was literally exempt from... I was so prideful, you know, I thought I knew better, so full of pride and they just had enough of me. They said, just don't even come to class anymore, you're exempt. You know who's having the last laugh now as I stand here and preach God's word? God is, isn't he? He will always have his way. He will always have his way because he has a plan and a purpose for your life and you might go the long way and you might need to be broken down and broken down and broken down again and continue. What is he trying to do? He's trying to break humility. He's trying to break, break to get you to a place of, of humbling yourself before him. Many years of pain and suffering, but it was needed so God could do what he needed to do in me to bring me to that place of surrender. to stop living my own way, to stop living by my own thoughts. They're your own thoughts. God has his way. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But to stop living by what I thought was right and through that broken place, God taught me how to humble myself and I'm continuing to learn to this day. And you know, God's intention is not to crush us, but he has to get us to a place where we break in humility before him. He has to. 
That's his heart, his intention. The Bible actually says to humble yourself. 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. So he will allow circumstances and he will use circumstances in our lives to break us down. Not crush us, not crush us, but break us in humility. And you know what? I've found he's extremely patient. (laughs) Extremely patient. He's merciful, he's gracious, he's forgiving, he's kind, he's loving, but he's patient. Our God is patient because he needs to have a brokenness to work with. We can't be moulded and shaped if we're hard and rigid. Just think about that. just doesn't happen if we're hard and full of pride and rigid and not bendable, not flexible. God can't work with that. He just can't. You know, I've shared this story before, but while I was a student at Adult and Teen Challenge um, in the program, it's a rehabilitation program, I was getting up to no good. I was doing things that I shouldn't have been doing. I won't tell you what because the uh, founder and uh, ex-CEO was sitting in the building, uh, but things that I shouldn't have been doing, you know. And God powerfully spoke to me and he spoke to me through this scripture that I want to share this morning. It's in Jeremiah 18, 1 to 6. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, go down to the potter's shop and I'll speak to you there. So I did as he told me and found the potter working at his will. But the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. Then the Lord gave me this message. O Israel, cannot not do to you as this potter has done to this clay. As the clay is in the potter's hand, so you're in my hand you know this piece of scripture put the fear of God in me like never before in a healthy way and we all need that we all need to understand the fear of God in a healthy way he it's strongly impressed upon me that God is God that he is high and exalted and I am not deep down in my soul and I knew I had to make some changes I didn't need anyone to speak to me I don't even know if they found out about what I was doing. God spoke to me. God spoke to my heart and my soul and brought about a brokenness before him where I humbled myself and I repented. And I said, Lord, I'm sorry, you're right. I'm wrong. That is wrong. You are right. I'm sorry. Lord, help me. Help me to walk in your ways. I've walked my own ways for so many years. God, help me. But he just needs a soft heart to work with. He needs a heart that he can mould and shape. We are the clay. He is the potter. And he calls us to humble ourselves. We don't have to go through all the pain and suffering if only we would humble ourselves. You know, Yongi Cho puts it like this. The breaking of God is not to annihilate us. It is to shape us into a form that can be properly used for the purposes which God originally chose us. If we resist, the result is crushing or being good for nothing in God's eternal purpose. To be broken and humble is to walk in honesty before God and our Christian brothers and sisters. I love that. The Bible says in Isaiah 57, 15, for this is what the high and exalted one says, he who lives forever, whose name is holy, I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. 
The New Living Translation puts it like this. The holy and lofty one who lives in eternity, the holy one says this. I live in the high and holy place with those whose spirits are contrite and humble. Humble to restore the crushed spirit of the humble and revive the courage of those with repentant hearts. That's how God calls us to come to him. God promises to heal and revive those with humble and repentant hearts. You know, humbling yourself before God means recognising that God is high and exalted and we are not. It doesn't mean, though, that we walk around with a failure mentality. It doesn't mean, though, that we walk around in self-pity and, and, uh, and, and with a low self-image because we have to remember that we are chosen by God. We are his people. We are his beloved. So we walk with our heads held high but knowing that he is God and we are not. That's what it means. That's what it means. That we are righteous in his eyes because of Jesus Christ, because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Not in our own strength, but because of who he is and what Jesus Christ did on that cross. We walk in that in his loving kindness and grace and mercy. We need to remember he has a plan for our lives. He just wants you to live that plan. That's all. He wants you to walk in it. He's like, I've got so much stuff for you. Come and walk in this plan I have for you. It's amazing. You know, humbling yourself before God is recognising that we are dependent on him, that he is our creator, that he is our maker. We are but a breath. We're a vapour here one day and gone the next. We have to recognise that before God. We have to reconcile that. He doesn't call us to be independent. He calls us to be dependent on him and others. We heard it this morning, family, unity, the body of Christ. You know, if anyone's walking in independence, that's not of God. And I used to, I know I've said it before, I used to credit myself on that. I used to love being independent. But that's when we come into God's kingdom, it's opposite. It's dependent on him and dependent on family, which is people here and the rest of our body of Christ. And you know what? That takes humility. It takes humility to come to a brother or sister and confess your sin, to share what's going on. It takes humility to go to God and confess your sin. It takes humility and say, hey, Lord, I I can't do this without you. I need you. Help me. Do what you have to do. Matthew 21, 42 to 43 says this Jesus said to them have you never read in the scriptures the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone Jesus is the cornerstone the Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit anyone who falls on the stone will be broken to pieces anyone on whom it falls will be crushed again He's not after crushing us, but he wants us to break in humility before him so that we can build his kingdom. We are the stones in his building and he wants to shape us with such care and love as he puts us and places us where we need to be with Jesus as the cornerstone. You know, humbling yourself before God means recognising that he is in control and we are not. It's just releasing that control. Just release it. Surrender it. 
Matthew 23, 12 says, Whoever exalts himself shall be humbled, and whoever humbles himself shall be exalted. Proverbs 22, 4 says, The reward of humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honour and life. I mean, who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want to walk in that? And God wants to give it to you. That's good news this morning. James 4.10, humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and he will exalt you. God calls us to humble ourselves. Humble ourselves. What does it mean for you? You know God wants all of you, not just some of you, all of you. He wants all of you. 2 Chronicles 16.9 says, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You know, when we spend time with someone, we show our commitment and God wants to spend time with you. And you spend time with him by just being in his presence. You spend time with him by being in prayer. And as you're in that, that place of, of prayer, that's the best place for you to be broken before God. The best place to be aware of what he's saying to you how he's guiding you, what he wants for your life, to show you things that need adjusting, things that you might not even be aware of until you're in his presence. You know, I was out walking just just a few days ago on my prayer walk and God highlighted something to me that he wasn't happy with. And, And it was an area of an attitude. I wasn't even aware of it. But he says, you do this, you act like this, you have this attitude and and that's not cool. I want you to stop that. And you know, in response to that is, Lord, I'm sorry, you're right. I see that. But if I hadn't have been in his presence in prayer, just allowing him to minister to me, I wouldn't have even been aware of it. Unless, of course, Jacob told me. (laughs) But you know, we don't even need people really. I mean, it's good to have people to come alongside and bring correction. And we have pastors and leaders and, you know, we have conversations. But we need to be hearing from God. We need to have open, repentant, soft hearts. Be saying, what are you saying, Lord? We need to be praying this prayer in Psalm 139 like David. Search me, God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's how we come before our God. Coming before him in humility. A heart that that God can work with. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, 14, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sin and I will heal their land. I don't know about you, but you just need to look around to know that our land needs healing. Our land needs healing. Our families need healing. Our marriages need healing. Our souls need healing. And the way to that is to come before him in humility. May we humble ourselves this morning. Why don't you stand to your feet? Lift up your hands in the air. Thank you, Jesus. You're such a good God. You're full of love, mercy, grace. You're a forgiving God. You're a patient God. And we just come before you this morning in in humility. We humble ourselves before you. We confess our sin. We're sorry for the things that 
perhaps are not of you, where we've walked in our own ways, where we've thought our own thoughts, where we've done our own thing, and we come before you and we say, we're sorry. We ask that you forgive us. Teach us what it is to walk in true humility before you. Lead us, guide us, keep our hearts soft. Where there's walls, I just pray right now where there's walls built around our hearts. And I expect they're there just from hurts and you're trying to protect yourself. But this morning, God's saying you can bring those walls down. You can trust me. I have a plan for you. I want to heal your heart and heal your life. Make a conscious choice this morning to bring those walls down. Do what you want to do, God. We're here before you. We know our land needs healing. Our households need healing. Our minds need healing. Our bodies need healing. Our marriages need healing. We come before you with repentant hearts this morning. Let's just sing a little bit. Let's worship him right now. Do business with God. Thank you, Jesus. Have your way, Father God. Christ is my firm foundation. So worthy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. pray, Father God, that you'd just touch them right now. Those that are struggling emotionally, Lord God, I pray, Father God, that you just heal hearts, Lord, that you'd come into those places, that they would allow you to come into those places to heal in those areas, Lord God. We thank you for healing this morning, Father God. You're such a good God. 
Thank you, Jesus. this attitude with every eye closed and every head bowed. I just want to give um, anybody that's in the building or online an opportunity to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If you've never begun that journey, if you'd like to make a recommitment this morning, today is your day. You'll never regret this decision, I'll tell you that much. And so if that is you this morning, we're just going to pray all together and just really believe uh, these words and believe it with all your heart as you speak it out. So church, if you follow after me, God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. I ask that you forgive my sin, wash me clean, and today I choose to live for you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time or if perhaps you made a recommitment this morning, if you just slip your hand up in the air just so I can see it, If you're online, if you can let us know so we can get some resources to you. And so if you prayed that prayer, I'd just love to pray with you. But as we continue to worship this morning, feel free to come down the front. If you'd like prayer, we can pray for you. But let's just worship a little bit longer this morning. Amen.